Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode, I don't know, was this 15? 15, 16. Of football and random things presented by Iowa Diamond. Jared Stansbury and Jeff Woody. And now we have the ultimate crossover event that is the going to be the greatest episode in the history of football and random things. What's up, Jay Jordan? What's up, boys? So happy to join you. This is going to be 14 hours long. There's going to be chapters of this. <laughs> We have a, uh, a time limit because I've got to get to my son's basketball game. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to do another chap- chapter later. That's fine. But, uh, we can we can make that work. But uh, I, I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about. I just assume that I'll, I'll kind of <laughs> set things on a tee for you guys and then just let you go. The, uh, the, the metaphor that I gave is, you remember, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the YouTube videos of, like, someone calling a restaurant on one phone and then their friend calling a restaurant on their other phone and then putting the phones together and having the restaurants talk to each other. It seems like that's what's going to happen with, with Jared today is he's just going to set the thing up and then just back out of the way. <laughs> and like 37 minutes later, we've talked about nothing but counter traps. And he's like, uh, and we got two sponsors we got to get to. Yeah. But as long as he pops those sponsors in, then that sounds good to me. All right. On that note, we need a quick word from our friends at Iowa Diamond. We'll be right back on Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. All right, I was joking about how I was going to put things on a tee for you guys uh, during the intro, but I really do need to report on the fact that Alan Lazard is now a Green Bay Packer. That's cool. And uh, so I am going to let Whoa. you guys talk about that for a few moments, and then uh, and then I will uh, I'll, I'll jump it back in here in a second. Well, I think the up on waivers. Yeah, did he get picked up on waivers? Yes, he was purchased off the practice squad. So that's cool. I it's it's I I think I mean Jay, you can probably talk about this too. But like at the end of the season for teams that are out of contention, it's really uh, to my the best of my knowledge. And I was never in the NFL, and I don't know if I had had a, a like I've talked a lot to people that were in the NFL. But I think this is like a glorified version of tryouts for the last couple weeks of the season for teams that don't have guys or for for teams that know they have positions that are up for shuffles. So like the Packers have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and then a whole bunch of dudes. And so I think if they're just trying to see which one of our dudes is actually worthwhile and which one is just, which ones can we plug and play with? I, I think so. And I, I think also you look for unique skill sets. Uh, when you're, when you're scanning those, those available players and uh, yeah, that's, that's a crowded wide receiver core in Jacksonville. Not that they're any good. Or hey, they got Cody Kessler throwing him, okay? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to mention the quarterback, but that's a pretty talented group down there. Uh, to to get the opportunity to pop up with the Packers, uh, obviously with Rodgers throwing to him, uh, that 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 might be a nice place, Jeff, for his skill set. Well, and I think, and I think they're trying to commit themselves a lot more to the run game than they have in the past with the McCarthy years, where a lot of times it was yeah. Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of dudes, and I think now. Um, I don't know if management is doing this. I would think so. With is it Aaron Jones? Is that the guy's name? The running back? Uh, yeah. And so I think with with him, 
I think they're trying to like get back to the the uh, was it Ahmad Brooks or Ahmad Green? Ahmad Green. You're Jared's Green. former Nebraska guy. So Ahmad Green, like that type of Packers era of run and then let Rodgers actually throw off of something rather than just Aaron Rodgers having to do everything. And so that's the type of offense that Lazard would be really good in is because his best skill set, he's a possession receiver that just punks dudes in blocking. And so if he gets to do yeah. those two things, he's not a stretch the field guy by any stretch of the imagination. He's like Brandon Marshall light. And so if he can just punk dudes in the, in the running game and then be a possession receiver, like somewhere between a wide receiver and a tight end, that's, I think, where he fits best. So this is, I wonder if that's kind of an indication of where the Packers want to go. I think that's exactly right. And that, that, that's Allen's best skill set. And, and it's a very valuable skill set uh, that, that I thought would be his ticket, uh, the, his ability to block downfield. And if that's what they're doing, I think you're, you're right, Jeff, because they've got Jones and they also have Jamal Williams, who's another banger uh, in there. They've got the ability to run that play action game. And he's a perfect play action receiver, too. Uh, cause that play action gives some separation that he might not otherwise be able to get. Yeah. I'm, and I'm hoping that he sticks somewhere because that, especially because he was kind of the bell cow for Iowa state for, you know, Campbell's first good year. And if they, I think, I mean, the guys that are coming out, which I would assume, and I don't, has anything, anything been public about Montgomery, whether he's leaving or staying, I'm just making assumptions here. I'm guessing that he's going, but no, nothing public, nothing public. So I'm guessing that he's going. So just in the same conjecture that we've had for like a month that I'm going to guess that he leaves. And I, I would also guess based on Montgomery's personality and skill set that he does well in the league somewhere. And a guy like Brian Peavy, it could benefit from Lazard doing well. Then you get the benefit of that where, I mean, as much as we hate to admit it, Iowa gets the benefit of the doubt. The guys like Christian Kirksey wasn't a good linebacker his first year. But then his second year, because he went to Iowa, he was a linebacker. He gets the benefit of the doubt to stick around with the team. And then he got to improve. And now he's a really darn good player. So I think if Campbell's Iowa State guys that were kind of the, 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 your studs can start doing well in the NFL, then that bodes better for Iowa State then to get their guys in the NFL. If, if Lazard starts doing really well, obviously, I don't know if, Butler, I don't know if Butler leaves this year or not, but if, Lazard does really well, and then next year gets a you know contract with the Packers and starts doing pretty good, and then Butler gets drafted, and then Butler starts doing pretty well. Then all of a sudden, Iowa State becomes a place that you look at for you know trusting the pro or trusting the product that you're not just going to get a flash in the pan that was good in college. I agree, and that's the way a lot of those. Uh, I think people would be surprised to know that a lot of those uh, the scouting operations at the pro level are are regionalized. Largely, you find certain uh, squads and GMs who like guys from certain places uh, because they trust them, which is what you're talking about there. And the Packers is a obviously in the regional influence of of Iowa State. Uh, you see the Cowboys grab you know three guys and brought them in uh, as camp bodies last year off last year's squad, uh, and they kind of look north uh, through the Big Twelve for for those bodies as well. So, so yeah, build that reputation. I, I hope like crazy for Allen cause he's a good guy. He's a, not only a great cyclone, he's a good guy. And, uh, um, if he can, he can find a way to latch on, it's going to be all about his ability to make the concentration catches. Mm -hmm. If that he can make those consistently, cause he struggled with that a little bit in the preseason, uh, what, from what I saw, but if he can make improve in those concentration catches, then he has a chance to stick. All right. I'm back now. Jeff, are you ready to, are you happy? Yeah, I was going to say, we can talk me, about Allen for a while, but if, we're, you if, you if, we have, if we have time to talk with Jay 
He could have pivoted. And we only have so much because he has a response. He's a responsible adult talking job. about his I'm sorry family. I have a job that I need to do. <laughs> sorry I have a job I need to do. Priorities, Jared. Would you rather fart or do your job? All right. Do you guys want to talk about recruiting first, or do you want to talk about the bowl Depends game? Depends on the size of the fart. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> You got two of us now, Jared. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, do you want to talk about the bowl game, or do you want to talk about recruiting Let's first? do recruiting first, because right. if Jay can go off on that, then we can do that. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about recruiting I, first. I got the next, we got the next hour? So. Yeah. We've got – well, we're going to – Cut this off in about 25 minutes, so you better get it out while you can. Uh, Have you reviewed all these guys, Jeff? I know I haven't. So here's my thing with recruiting. I don't trust it. I don't trust myself. I don't trust highlight tapes. I don't trust anything as far as recruiting is concerned. So my assessment of a person or of a player comes when I see them on campus, when I see them working out or when I see them at practice, because then I have a much better objective measure of what they're doing because me being jaded from Central Iowa – I saw myself as really good, and I then you you take me out, uh, and so I, I I feel like you could have plucked me out and put me in you know not necessarily like a spread offense in Dallas, but like an an I formation offense in a city like Chicago or mini, like Minneapolis or Kansas City or Omaha or whatever, and I would have done well. But outside of that, you take like a guard, and a guard at you know Arweva High School. He's going to punk everybody. You're like, I just have a very bad eye and I don't trust it. And I'm also. What do you in, have against the R. Weaver Rockets? In the same vein, I feel jaded because the <laughs> highest rated recruits in my time the, are forced. We had two four stars that showed up and they were Bo Williams and Cedric Johnson. Those were the two guys that were the highest rated recruits. So I don't trust anything. So have I had a chance to review these guys? I had the chance. I just didn't. <laughs> Understood. I, I'm calling a spade a spade I, here. I, I look, I look for, uh, certain traits or characteristics that you know things that you can see so for instance does a cornerback flip his hips or is he tight does a what's the suddenness out of a break or off the line of scrimmage you can tell a lot about a kid's attitude a little bit you know if they bring that that gives them a chance to develop but all those things are just uh check marks on whether or not they have a chance to develop but but i think you hit a big point there jeff i mean when you come out, you played your senior season. Well, you had an entire spring to run track, play basketball, or wrestle, and then an entire summer to get ready before you came on campus. Uh, I was a different guy when I got to campus than I was in the fall when I played played football. And uh, also, you just don't know. You, you can look at the different offenses that these guys run. So, so just to kick it off, Jarrell Brock, our most ballyhooed re- recruit. He runs the flip and wing T. He's a wing T tailback, just like I was. Ran the same dadgum play. Okay, you double can't dive. Tell a ton about it. Yeah, you can't tell a ton about a ring T running back and how he's going to adjust to the Iowa State offense. I mean, you can see certain speed strength ratios, but it's a completely different ball game because you're running a, you know, a flat sweep route uh, and making some cuts. You're not, not doing the David Montgomery thing on the inside zone or, or the delays that we like to run. So, so it looks different. And, um, you know, what that kid looks like next fall, I'm not, not totally sure. Well, and I think there's a lot, there are some guys that you can, again, I I like to make my assessment once they're, once they're here. So the recruiting thing, I guess that this is going to be mostly Jay's show as far as the recruiting portion of it. But, um, when, when you get up, like there are, there are certain positional needs and there are also certain positions that are much easier to transition from high school to college. 
And totally. I was going to ask you about that. People think that running back is one of the ones because they say a running back transition from college to the pros is really fast. You know, a guy like Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the pros. Granted, it's a freak, but like the, the transition from college to pros at running back is a lot faster than the transition from college from high school to college at that position. Whereas a position like safety is probably an easier position to transition from because no matter how, what offense you're playing against, you see kind of the same thing. You see where guys are at, you assess a formation, you make a judgment from a distance. Whereas a, a position like you were talking about with, with Brock, like at a, at running back, what you see happens so fast and it has to be so clear that it takes a while for you to see, to actually understand what you're looking at. So even if there is a positional need in any given, any given spot next year, and there, there might be a guy like, I, I don't know, I don't see any positions that are of drastic need that Iowa State has. The offensive line? Well, not, not for a freshman. Yeah. I mean, not, okay. not for a not new for guy. A freshman. They have guys yeah. in the hopper. They need, yeah. The offensive yeah. line needs to be better, but it's not a position that you're like, we need to go. Like, a couple years ago, they needed defensive linemen. They went out and got Lima, and they got you know, Matt Leo, and they got guys like that. But I don't think there's a need position, which is kind of cool. But there's also positions that guys could step up where they're in the secondary. Secondary guys are going to get hurt. It just it happens. I mean, as much as you hate to admit it, it just happens. They're little and they have to contact big dudes. So positions like corner and safety and nickel, you can have a lot of guys rotate in. So guys like that are going to be more apt to play quicker than they are at a lot of other positions. That's a that's a. That's a cool point, Jeff. Is, is need a lot of guys because because of attrition and and you know just like you said, some guys just don't pan out. They just aren't. They don't ever make that next next leap next leap because there's a lot of life that happens outside of just football. But uh, but that's the difference in the talent um, quotient on this team now heading into Campbell's fourth year. Is there's a lot of guys, but it's not just a body. There's a lot of quote unquote guys, mm-hmm. guys that have just guys being guys, guys being dudes. raw skills, just guys being dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're, they're at the positions you need that you need safeties and corners and wide receivers and, um, linemen. Uh, but, but the depth that the, the overall floor of the depth moves up each year and I think this class probably does that again I think so as you talk about depth and positions I think necessitate the most let's say this not necessarily necessitate the most depth but one of those there is no such thing as too many good blank and I think the the position that that is the position group that is the most evident with there is no such thing as too many good defensive linemen if you can get Agreed. 12 great defensive linemen on a roster, you get Alabama. If you get 12 great secondary players and a bad defensive line, it doesn't matter. So if you, can, no. if you have, I don't, what is the recruiting class this year for defensive linemen as just a, you can't get enough good guys? I don't know if there's any defensive linemen that stand out. I, again, it, I had the chance. Fair, I didn't look. Yeah, I mean, they don't have very many because they took so many before. But It's fairly thin because yeah. of last year but the, you got Blake Peterson where's he out of Jared South Dakota yeah he's from uh North Beresford Bere- South Dakota yeah so so you watch him and his competition level is it's difficult to get a fair evaluation on him but you can say he's incredibly explosive off the ball he's fast he's got the ability to be like there's a difference Jeff maybe back me up or disagree on de- at defensive end 
there's a difference between a guy who has the ability to pass rush and the guy who will play solid and be a great mm-hmm. run or contained defender. Mm-hmm. And Peterson sets up as a guy who has a chance to be a pass rusher. Like I don't think I don't think Iowa State has a pure pass rusher or a skill set. Maybe Will McDonald gets that nod. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet, but uh, I don't think they have that guy. Um, the other kid, Corey's Corey uh, Suttle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's a run defender, edge setter. He's Spencer Benton. Um, that's, that's what he looks like to me. Uh, he doesn't have the explosion that Peterson has, but Peterson's got length and explosion. He uses his hands. So yeah, maybe we get a pass rusher out of this class with that guy. Well, I think that'd be good. They need it to quantify the difference between that. The, the metaphor that comes to mind is a guy like Solomon young versus a guy like Cameron Lard where they both play similar positions. I mean, the four or five somewhere in there, but Cameron Lard would be the equivalent of your pass rusher and Solomon Young would be the equivalent of your edge setter where they're both fine players, but the explosiveness that Cameron Lard brings to the basketball court is not something that happens often. You can't find that a dime a dozen you. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to disparage Solomon Young by saying dime a dozen. He's a guy that's fundamentally sound, physical and aggressive, and you need that. But the pass rusher, the Cameron Lard's, of the world on the defensive end, that's kind of the difference is the guys that have that snappiness and that ability to be a relentless freak to get to the quarterback. That's kind of the, that's to me, that's the, the, the metaphorical difference is the difference in young and lard as what he's talking about as far as a pass rusher versus a run stopper. Is that what I'm supposed so to jump in? recruiting questions okay. here? No. Yeah. Sorry. I, uh, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to jump in, <laughs> but, uh, I guess if you, when you look at this class, obviously everybody knows about Brock and they know about Brees Hall and they know about uh, Blake Dean. Peterson and even Easton Dean, the the quarterback, who's somebody that you look at and you feel really good about what their future could be, even if they're, uh, even if they're, you know, the recruiting services don't have them rated overly high. I think someone that, uh, that kind of fits into that category is the tight end that they took this weekend, Skylar Loving Black who had offers from a bunch of power five schools and uh, looks pretty explosive uh, coming into that, that tight end room that we already know is pretty good at Iowa state. Is, uh, is the Blaylock kid, is he the no, related he, to the coach? No, no, he, uh, he actually also decommitted, but, uh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, and I, I will say, I don't know how much of that was him and how much of that was from the Ames side of things. I think that there was probably more from the Ames side of things. Okay. Interesting well, to me. Like yeah. Him. I, I think it, one, it was uh, the talent. I don't know. You would probably know this better than me, but the talent level that he played at. And then I think he's not going to end up at a power five school from everything that I've ever been told. So. Well, then screw me. Everything I know about it is out the window then. Cause I like <laughs> Glad you did so much preparation. You know, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know uh, why I liked him though is because he looked like a young Hakeem Butler. Oh yeah. Which Hakeem didn't look like a Power Five kid when he came came to school either. Right. Um, uh, if I had to answer that question, the, the one guy you didn't mention that's high up is uh, Treber, the offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that kid's got great footworks and hips. Um, and, and striking. I really like him. Uh, Rimsburg is interesting to me. Uh, he plays way too high. 
uh, malls, but Downing did last year too. And is Remsburg and Iowa kid, or Central Iowa? Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valley. Yeah. Valley. Uh, he has the best feet I've seen of any uh, offensive line recruit in the Campbell era. He's got great feet. And I think when you're evaluating offensive linemen, the one thing we forget to look at all the time that is really important is your feet. Those guys on your offensive line should be able to jump rope like a middleweight boxer. Mm-hmm. I would Their say the feet have to be great. I would say the two most important attributes outside of obviously just the one thing is just body mass. They have to be large enough humans they can hold their own. But outside of just general body mass, the two physical attributes are quick feet and f- mobile hips are the two things to me yes. that would be good for alignment. Because you, you can teach a punch. You can teach a timing. If as long as they're physically large enough, a guy like Ben Lamock comes to mind where Ben Lamock wasn't very strong, like physically, I'm going to move you around strong, but he had basketball player feet and he had hips that you could actually, you know, he's a baseball player hips. So he was able to move around and that athleticism made him a really good offensive lineman, even though he wasn't that strong and his punch was okay when he got to college. But by the time he got done at college, he was a solid lineman. So you're talking about feet. So feet and hips are the two things that if I were, again, once I, once I see somebody in school, those are the things that I'm looking at are what are their, how quick are their feet? How accurate are their feet? And then do their hips stay high? Like a guy that the, that, that second portion I think is like a guy like Sean, like a guy like Sean Foster, his hips to me are the thing that are the problem is that he plays, he's he's six, nine and plays at seven, two. And that his ability not to sink them and not to move them is the problem right now. So I don't know if, I mean, you're talking about Rensburg, if he's got good feet, I don't know how his hips are. Yeah. I don't, his hips aren't that great. He needs to drop them but his feet give you an indication that he might be able to do that. Treber, he plays with his feet planted and his hips low. And, and one problem, my note on him was he had solid coaching in high school because, because his hips are in the right spot. He's, he's got the right leverage uh, for a striking. Um, again, he will be a freshman, so you don't expect him to come in and play, but, but that's, that's, I mean, on our line right now, Jeff, we don't have great feet. And we don't have great hips. Yeah. And any of those five guys. Yeah. I think that played all year. Yeah. I would say the, I would think that the guy that has the highest upside is Colin Newell with both of those. Yeah. Because he's young and he does, he, he, he will get his hips down. Uh, playing in that center position, it's, it's a little bit different uh, movement coming off the snap. But, um, but yeah. Uh, and he's the youngest and most recently recruited. Are we, so, I, I I, this was a Rhodes thing, and I think this is a notorious Rhodes thing of taking really tall, super skinny offensive linemen. Are these guys uh, oh, at least over two fifty? Oh yeah, are man, we talking I, like a bear? They're, they're two eight, uh, eighty five is the smallest. Yeah. Oh good. Yeah, uh, and I, that's the project guard Simmons. I think like I um, think think back to like a Brock Daigle, who was like seven foot eight, like two hundred pounds, and they try by the time he was a senior, he was two ninety five. <laughs> And was a good player, but he his body wanted to be like two thirty, and he was rolling around at two ninety five, which is why he got hurt all the time. Sixty five pounds of excess weight ain't comfortable for a body. That a year after uh, after he's done, he's back yeah, at two thirty. Uh, the two two guys who impressed me are uh, the two linebackers, and they're a little lowered. But this Flansburg kid out of Solon, mm-hmm. and uh, this Eric Horn kid. Those two guys can play. They're both 6'1", 6'2", 230. They're downhill linebackers. They remind me of what I got so excited about Mike Rose about last year. Uh, Our linebacker room looks really nice right now. Well, and a kid like Flansburg is interesting to me because, 
I mean, how many guys have we seen come out of that Solon program and go to the other side of the state? James Morris is the first one that comes to mind to me. Yeah, that's who I was just thinking of. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to say that he's a good player, James too. Morris, but uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, to, for them to even go in and get that kid, a lot of years, even if they if Iowa State doesn't offer him, or if Iowa doesn't offer him, he probably ends up as a walk on at Iowa State anyway, yeah. or at Iowa anyway. And then you know, four years from now, he's like the leading tackler on the team. And I think that that was a, a big recruiting victory for them and one that, um, yeah, I mean, I like him. I think Eric Horn's a good player out of, out of Florida as well. I, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on Easton Dean because I know everybody's infatuated with the quarterbacks, Jay, and it, it, uh, it, it, it obviously is going to be a much different situation than I think he probably would have expected to be walking into uh, when he first committed in January or February. But uh, what do you see from him? And is there, do you like what you see from him on tape? Yeah, I do a lot. And I'm, I want to temper this, maybe get both of you mad at me or everybody listening mad at me. He's going to crap uh, on Brock Purdy. I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just taking a wait and see approach. <laughs> uh, let's, let's say that numbers are fantastic. Wins are fantastic. Love the moxie. Let's just wait and see. Um, Easton Dean, accurate out of the pocket, accurate on the run. Doesn't lose any accuracy on the run. He's six six, moves like he's six one. Um, quick release, uh, sees it and throws it. A lot of times, uh, young quarterbacks hang onto the ball a little bit too long because they're wondering what they're seeing. Number one or number two, just trying to make a big play to a uh, receiver that overmatches everybody. Uh, not Easton Dean. Easton Dean sees it and throws it. He does sees he have, his route, puts it out there. Does he have – and, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But um, the, the, the guy that comes to mind is a guy – and I mean this – is it a – does he have an, a solid mechanic or a mechanically sound throwing motion, or does he have a compensatory throwing motion because of his length? And the guy that comes to mind is Brock Osweiler because Brock Osweiler – is not a great NFL quarterback. And again, the, the stakes are different. He's a really good college quarterback, but he, because of his length, he had to change his mechanics and had to kind of a, a short-armed throw, which made a lot of, which now makes the his ceiling lower because his mechanics had to change because he's so long. If he threw the ball like Brock Purdy throws the ball, which is, I think Purdy has pretty solid, pretty damn solid mechanic. Brock, let's take the guy that has perf- the, the best mechanics that I can see uh, outside of, you know, your legends, like a uh, Baker Mayfield has terrific mechanics on how to throw the ball. And he's six, one, right. six foot. And so him does Dean at six, six have still solid mechanics or does he start to com- be compensatory because of, again, that length of the arm, it's going to take him longer to get that ball out. So the release is going to be slower unless he has, you know, the power to generate with it. Does he have a good throwing motion or is it uh weird because of his length? It's not, it's not horny brook. Oh, praise Jesus. Oh. oh my God. Don't even get me started on that, Jay. You know my horny brook hate. Yeah. We we had a fabulous opposite on the on the back channel discussion about Alex Hornybrook's motion. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I actually got to watch him in person uh meet him this summer and it wasn't any prettier. So, <laughs> uh, it's just like he closes his eyes and like me. just I hope this gets there. It was kind of fun. It was kind of funny because he was he was the one. I mean, it was like uh, you remember, you guys are too young, but uh, there's this old card 
Looney Tunes cartoon where there's like this big bulldog named Spike and then oh, yeah. little one oh, yeah. uh, jumping around him. Hey, Spike, what are we doing today, Spike? You know, like that. That's the way Hornybrook was around Peyton and Eli. (laughs) 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 Getting every inch of extra work that he could get with them, which was smart. And it was good. But Man, it's ugly. At least he's Uh, trying. He is is the Sean Marion shot of quarterback throwing. (laughs) Hey, hey, Agent Zero shot went in, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It did go in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So his throwing motion smooth. Uh, It's clean. It's 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 not as quick as like a purdy because it is longer, but it's really smooth. I don't think you're going to have any issues with that throwing motion, um, or or that's Brock Osweiler ish. He, he like I said, he he moves like a smaller guy. I mean, he's he's six six. He's all of six six, thick, thickly built, but he moves like a smaller guy uh, with with you know surprising speed to me. I really like the kid. And, uh, you know, it's a good, good problem to have. If you get another really talented arm in, we, that's why they're recruiting one every, every year. Well, I think that's, uh, that's a general, that's a general theme. And it's probably been a general theme for a long time is you always want to have a Mike linebacker and you always want to have a quarterback in every single class because those, you never know how that's going to pan out. And those guys, you can't just, they, they won't just show up. You can't like a, you know, to come back to a different example, like Ty Montgomery played wide receiver, but he played kind of played running back too. And when the Packers needed a pinch, they like, all right, Hey, Ty, go carry the ball for a little bit. And you can move guys around, but you can't move a guy into Mike linebacker and you can't move a guy into quarterback. And so you need to take one every single year because they're non-flexible positions. You can't Tell move Joel them Lane in. That. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. He moved from one to the other. That was a Again, it makes it more. It makes that story more amazing. But uh, if this is the quarterback that they get with this class, and then the last one they got with was Brock Purdy, and the one before that was Rayal Mitchell, I think they're doing well, okay. Rayal and, and Brock were in same well, class. technically same class, yeah, but yeah, one yeah. started in January. But you know what I mean? Is yeah. that they've got guys now? Uh, all right. First yeah, of all, yeah, I'm 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 very pleased with that. So so the Ty Montgomery theme. This kid uh, Leonard Glass, he's a little bit down. He's tagged as an athlete. Played a lot of of uh, safety and corner. I really liked him. I thought uh, he's an aggressive tackler. looks like he could, he could come in and compete at the safety position. Uh, pretty I think quickly. he's actually going to be uh, a, a, like a slot back. Are they going to put him at slot? He can do that too. He yeah. did it all yeah. in high school, wherever they put him. Uh, I would put him at safety uh, just because we need him. You have to have him in this league, but what about, it's random things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> random things, Jeff. What? So this league is changing. Matt Wells, Les Miles. Uh, there's this league is different uh, and going to climate, climate, climate. Uh, Chris Kleiman. and climbing. Well, yep. that, that's I don't, I don't count that as a change because he's going <laughs> to look a lot like it's the same thing. He's going to look a lot like what he's replacing there. Bill Snyder like. Uh, Yes, but minus uh, two hundred years. <laughs> uh, but there's, there's, I, I've been feeling it that this this league is becoming more defense oriented, uh, a little bit started. more power football, and it, it's just changing. They're it, they're actually, you know, we always talk about the NFL being a copycat league. 
I mean, people are, are have taken notice of what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And the league is kind of wheeling around to that same type of motif, mm-hmm. I, which I, means you need. Do you agree? Yeah, I do see that, and it's especially because even the teams that are the farthest away from seem the farthest away from that are your Texas Techs and your West Virginias, but even Texas Tech towards the end of the year started becoming a run first team, and the the three down defense that that was so novel the middle of last year became pretty everybody was trying it by the standard beginning yeah. part middle part of this year everybody was oh sh- yep. shoot we got to go do that so i i think you're 100 I mean, Kansas right. just admitted it kansas just said yeah we ripped off the iowa state defense that's a so that's i a, think it's a that's compliment not, but it's also kind of yeah. like an insult at the same time <laughs> It's Kansas. Terrible at it. <laughs> I made um, I made your recipe of cookies. <laughs> These don't look anything like the cookies that I made, but thanks. <laughs> oh, but, but Herman Herman's got kind of a tough uh, power offense and the makings of that, uh, and, and Orlando does that on defense. There, West Virginia is going to stay far away as long as um, and Oklahoma State will stay far away. Uh, those two guys are cut from the same cloth. But, what about OU? Um, are they going to be defensive oriented? Jesus, how are they so bad? God, how? Uh, how? Like, come on, all right, all right. You tell me. All right, no, can all right, we can we, right. can no, we before, talk about this for a we, second? Before we get on this, I got one more thing I need to ask Jay about recruiting. Then we're going to switch gears because we've already gone longer. And I said we were going to on this segment. I told but first, you this is going to be first of all. Hours. I said that I I need to <laughs> I need to note before everybody on Twitter gets mad at me. I know Sean Marion's nickname is the Matrix, and I messed up by saying that. That's the it, thing. Oh, that's the thing. We're going to time out and reset for. No, but I just to go over Sean Marion's nickname. I need to reset this. I need to over NBA nickname. All right. What? Last last one. Last one, Jay. Who do you like better between Jarrell Brock and Brees Hall? This is your last thing for recruiting. You Brees like Brees Hall. Hall? Hands down, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a stud. The dude lined up in the slot in that wide wide receiver and didn't just do it to take a, a quick out pass. He ran receiver route and caught receiver ball. Uh, that's a major difference. You don't see that with a lot of running backs coming out, out of college, especially ones that are as big and thickly built as he is. It looks, it looks ridiculous. He's huge. And he's standing out there in the slot, running a post down the middle with a solid cut. He is, his route running is as solid as any of the receivers that were bringing in. Not to mention he ran similar plays. I think he's sudden out of his cuts. He's not a Montgomery type runner where, I mean, Montgomery who is. Yeah. Yeah, but I've never seen him. You can't even describe what all he does. He's a little bit more traditional than that. A little bit one step set up and run through the shoulder. Uh, but but he he's I, I'm excited for Brees Hall. Let's just put it that way. He's causing me to get tongue tied. Uh, I wow. think we're going to really enjoy his work. All right, so it sounds like we're bringing in uh, Adrian Peterson 2.0 in this uh, in this class. <laughs> oh, and other, before but, okay okay yeah. Jeff, Jeff will like this. The other thing Hall did is he pass blocked. Oh, sweet Moses. Bad A. Yeah. Sweet Moses. I didn't do that coming out of high school. I didn't do that for a damn dime. I said this. We I, talked about this, this last, last week. Where yeah. I got lifted off the ground by Fred Guerin. That was a lesson hard learned. <sighs> oh, all right. We're, well, before we keep going on this, we're going to shift gears. Do we need to go to a sponsor? After a quick break. Okay. You're listening to Football and Random Things presented by Iowa Diamond on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is brought to you by Nationwide. Did you know that Nationwide is the official insurance provider for Iowa State University alumni? They offer Cyclone alumni discounts, auto, boat, 
motorcycle, RV, and pet insurance. To find out more, visit nationwide.com slash iowastate or talk to one of their agents today. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage, and Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Hey, guys, it's Williams here. On the podcast, on our radio shows, we talk a lot about point spreads, you know, all that stuff. To be honest, I'm not a big better, but I'm really just fascinated by that industry. And I want to recommend a service to you guys today if you're interested in that sort of thing. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you join right now and if you give them our promo code, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is a really good deal. Our promo code is 2427. Again, that promo code is 2427. They have live in-game, live betting. They're in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can bet over-under on fantasy points for players. There's all sorts of really cool things. MyBookie.ag. Again, that promo code is 2427. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Hey, guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now. And I got to tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago. And I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seeing or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache. And I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out DesMoinesEyeCare.com or AimsEyeClinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. All right, welcome back. Football and random things. Where do you guys want to start since I cut you off on what was about to be a tangent on Oklahoma's defense? I don't understand how they're this bad for this long. I don't get it. I mean, I, I, so the, the math on this, I understand that their offense is so good and so it's not really a fair comparison to compare OU's defense to, say, the defense of Army. Because, one, they're going to get way more possessions. Two, the other offenses are going to be ex- way more aggressive. Way more aggressive. Because they know they're going to have to match blow for blow with the best offense in the country. But still, 
you would think that they know that. It's, it's been since what? Lincoln Riley took over as offensive coordinator in what, 2014, 15? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. And since then, they've been the best offense in college football. That's three and a half years. That's almost an entire recruiting class that you, like, recruit to graduate that you have to fix this. And they've gotten worse. I don't understand how they're this bad. Because they got talent. Do you have any idea, Jay? Like, why they're so bad? I mean, when you, when you watch them on film, they just break assignments all the time. They play so undisciplined. It drives me crazy because the talent, all the talent is there. Their corners are as talented as any corners in any league that we're going to uh, watch, uh, watch, and watch them play in. But, but they, they, I don't know if it's brain locks or they just don't know their film prep is awful. I mean, I will say they hired Bob Diaco uh, in in their defensive staff, which I I can't imagine that did anything to help really. What did he? Where did he coach at? He's coached a bunch of places, most notably Nebraska, the worst defense in. Oh yeah, like, that's where Power I, Five. History. That's where the name comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a great staff. And Venables, when Venables was there when I was there, and now he's at Clemson. Correct. And they were okay. When Venables was there. Venables is like the highest paid coordinator in the country. Yeah. Venables, they were okay when he was at OU, but they were still not great. But, you know, again, their offenses are putting up 50 a game. So the the other opposing team is going to get 14 drives and have to make, you know, big shot passes with every single drive to even think about keeping up. But. Yeah. And that, that that's part of it. But, I mean, back when I played, I mean, if you got any yards on OU, you were lucky. Uh, it was, I, and that was back. Did you play when there. Jason White was there? Uh, no, he was well after me. Oh. I'm really old. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking White was early 2000s. Like a, he was, like was. he was turtle. like 0203. Jay, you were like the early 90s, right? I thought you were mid 90s, like mid yeah, late 90s. I was 90 to 94. Okay. Oh, shoot. I thought you were like 94 to 99. My bad. No, dude. I'm way old. I'm like a sea turtle, <laughs> like the turtle on forever. Finding Nemo. Yeah, exactly. I'm really a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Bill Snyder uh, looked young and could run around with the DBs in 1989 at a football camp. Um, yeah, I, I, the lack of discipline is stunning. I don't know how a co- collegiate level staff can't coordinate or create a cohesive unit that can at least play base defense without blown assignments. Yeah. Just be competent. You don't have to be good. Yeah. Just be competent. That's really, I think the goal for Oklahoma's defense is adequate. If they could just be adequate, then they will win a national champion or a national championship. Yeah, but they just need to be adequate. Stuff like they'll, they'll jump a gap, you know, in the, in the, on the D line, which opens a wide, wide hole. The, the linebacker will misread and take too many steps inside the D backs. So the safety won't cover over, uh, or they'll forget they've got, got deep help. I mean, just, just little stuff that just discipline and just fundamental football that they don't do that, that we are a little bit, how crazy is it to say this? We are spoiled at Iowa state because that's what our guys do. That's how we got better is we started playing positionally sound. We, we, you know, the article I wrote about structural integrity, we maintained our structural integrity and it made us better, even though our talent wasn't necessarily better. And that if Oklahoma just did that, they'd be far more well-regarded and a far tougher out. Yeah. And, and not, the, that they're, not that they're an easy out now, but <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the 
that comes to the thing that comes to mind are are teams that come from the Hayden Fry coaching tree, which includes Kansas State, which includes Iowa, which they don't. It's boring defense, and I mean that in the most positive yeah. sense that it's boring. That I think Iowa, when I played there, you know, the, the you get the scouting report that it usually it's like <laughs> you know with a team like uh, I don't know, like Oklahoma State was always just all over the board, do whatever whatever the hell they wanted to do, and the one and it's like. 14 pages long with their blitzes, their third down percentages, yada, yada, yada. With Iowa, it was like three pages long. And you look at the blitz, you sort by the the, the filter on, you know, the the, the film cut-up system. And oh, yeah. you look at their blitz packages from the entire season prior. It's like, all right, third down blitzes. And you look at Oklahoma State's like, third down blitzes, it's like 427. And then <laughs> you look at Iowa's, it's like 13. And you're like, wait, <laughs> like at 13 – third down blitzes the entire season. All right. Well, well, okay. It looks like we know what we're going to get, but they're good. Right. They just do stuff. They, it's just easy. I don't mean good. Cause they gave up a lot of bad, bad plays this year. I, I, I'm not saying that I, I'm not trying to say that Iowa is the example that Oklahoma should shoot for, but also in the sense that they're, they just do 10 things really well, instead of trying to do 50 things, just do 10 things really well. That's the thing that's forgotten in football these days is that if you can do 10 things really well, you can still win. Alabama does 10 things really well with great athletes. Yeah. But they aren't there. Yeah, their their defense is boring too. They don't do yeah, much. Yeah. If, if you get the they chance, take. if you if you get the chance, a, a team like LSU is the same way, where you, if you look, if you get the chance to watch those teams, they're going to play a base 4-3. They're going to bring pressure maybe 20% of the time. And it's not going to be exotic pressure. It's going to be one or two linebackers, maybe a safety here and there. But they're just going to play like two man under behind the best defensive line in college football and F you try and beat it. I, I was, dare you. I was going to say it helps when you have people like, uh, like Jonathan Allen and like those kinds of guys when you, that you can throw out there along the defensive line for Alabama, you know, that, or, that's true. But, but at, at all the levels that works, it works for army and it works for Navy who are competitive because they do just a few things really, really well. Mm-hmm. And the, the team boring. you see, yeah, it's boring, but it, but it, I mean, and, and we shouldn't talk about Iowa this much on this podcast, but we can talk about them that's all what they do. As long as we sit and talk crap about them too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's kind of forgotten and just in, you know, philosophical terms and in, in football, even at, at small levels. And it makes evaluating these recruits even harder because so many people are focused on what, how creative can we be on the whiteboard? Uh, and then we go out and run plays with forgetting the steps it takes to run that play uh, and learning how to make that block uh, or how to take the steps on that route and extend a stem or make that stem cut hard to get out and create space or just your basic stuff, the quarterback mechanics that Jeff was talking about. I mean, all those things are just fundamental. And that's one thing that I've been so happy about is Iowa State is a fundamentally improved football team which results in wins and maybe you don't go to the national championship or uh to the playoffs at your level but you will be better you will go to bowl games and you will win games and have the opportunity to do that if you can play fundamentally sound and to bring it back that's what oklahoma does not do on defense and it makes no sense are you tired of talking about oklahoma jeff no i was saying we we only have jay for another like 15 minutes we haven't talked a single iota about a bowl game not even a little bit <sighs> whose fault is that jared who's supposed to wrangle the cats here 
you act as though I can wrangle you. <laughs> let, let alone both of you. <laughs> yeah. Let me throw down a two-minute answer. <laughs> yeah. Two minutes? That's a short answer. That's abbreviated. Yeah. That's right. I, whenever I do a podcast with you guys, I just sit and listen and hope that I can remember whatever I'm thinking about for long enough to get to when you get to the end of your answer to then I can say that thing. Dude, and I thought about that Sean Marion thing for a long time before I could finally say it. Dude, when Jeff and I have text messages, oh, God. text back and forth, it's like chapter, uh, each each text is a chapter. It's, and it's be, and oh, he, he has, doesn't text you about herpes like he was texting me yesterday? <laughs> okay. I, part of my, Maybe. Most of my, <laughs> most of my goal when I'm texting Jared is to make you get completely caught off guard by the whatever you think I'm going to say is not what I'm going to say. <laughs> That's my goal. But yesterday he said cool to something. I said, what's cooler than being cool? And he replied with herpes. As a question, with a question. <laughs> See, just off the wall. Uh, you, random things. All right. I just farted on you, Jared. Let's talk about the bowl game. I will give a quick little plug to our boss, Chris Williams. When I walked into the KXNO studios today, they were in the midst of the interview of the century with the great Mike Leach, head coach of the Washington State Cougars. What? What'd you say? I just said the great Mike. Oh, yeah. I thought you said I I hate Mike Leach. I thought you said, too. I was like, wait, what? Are we about to go? That's America's coach, my man. (laughs) You can't Uh, say you hate Mike Leach. Yeah. uh, But, no, they were talking about Daniel Boone when I walked in here. Oh, my God. He would fit right in on football and random things. Oh, he would, dude. That's the dream episode football and random things. Uh, okay, so where do we want to start with the bowl game? We've we've broken this down a little bit. So I'm le- let me run my. Uh, I'll just let you guys go. Here honestly, let me run my defensive strategy by Jay and see if it makes sense. So the Let's see if it's the same as mine. So the way, and I th- we went over this in pretty decent detail uh, last podcast, which is with Washington State, everything they do is mathematical. It is where is our we're going to spread you out to positions that we get good matchups for ourselves. And then within those matchups, which one of the best matchups is the one that we like the best. And then the way you stop that is knowing what they like. So knowing their numbers and knowing their analytics of, okay, you like this because Mayhew is just going to stand there, analyze the field, throw an accurate ball, and they're going to get six yards. And the way that you do that. So let's say they have a, tight end on safety matchup and they like that tight end on safety matchup. Don't immediately close that off and say you have to go somewhere else because in, in immediately closing that off, you change the com- the complexion of your defense, opening up another hole somewhere else. So if you know where they want to go, bait them into that throw and say, okay, I know you want to go to this tight end. We're going to make it look like you don't want, or we're going to make it look like we don't know this. And then immediately close the defense off, undercut the route by a linebacker or hit it on or hit it by a safety or a corner. And so you know what they like. And so that's where guys like Jake and AJ, when we played against Texas Tech, when they ran the same offense, uh, it was they would undercut everything because they knew where the ball was going to go because there are only so many options off any play. It's not like they come out and they have a five wide. He's going to get through a five-man read. Because he gets rid of the ball so quickly, it's he's going to come out, he's going to scan the field, he's going to say, I like this side better. I'm going to look to my right and know that, okay, I'm going to pick between these three guys. And then knowing which one of those three guys is your best matchup, bait them into that throw and take advantage of the throw once it's baited. That's really the only way that I can see that. And if you can make him in undercutting those routes and by showing him something different after the snap, once he decides making him hold on to the ball longer than he wants, because then if you can hit him, 
which you're never going to hit him if he's on rhythm. Never, not a chance in hell you can hit Mayhew if he's on rhythm. But if he's off rhythm and you make him double clutch and then you start to hit him, then he can start being uncomfortable. So I think it's the, it's the most heady game plan they're going to have to have in their entire season. Yes or no, Jay? Yes. Um, yeah, mostly, mostly the same high points that I would, I would bring. Uh, yeah, that, that's the key is you cannot fade, you cannot fade to a side, a player, or I'm going to fade to take away the pass in this zone or the other zone. You can't play to take anything away. You have to make him read. And that's exactly what you're saying. I think in simplified form, uh, Jeff doesn't like to give himself credit, but he's smarter than me a lot of times. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no, it's a, it's a fart thing, I guess. Uh, but, but if you back off too much, they will run the ball right up your fart pipe. I mean, I forgot to tell you guys, this is supposed to run as the cyclone fanatic radio show this week. And you just said the term (laughs) fart pipe. (laughs) This is the best use of that term (laughs) in the history of this show. (laughs) Uh, It's the pipeline for good episodes, Jared. That's what we're talking about is football and random things and the pipeline that generates that new episode. The radio. That's the rating giver. That's what the sponsors pay for. Uh, Iowa Diamond is the greatest sponsor on planet <laughs> Earth because they've put up with me now for 15 episodes. <laughs> but that uh, that running back is good, and he's very dangerous. Uh, you know, if, if you've read my article about the uh, the fifth man, the delay back against the Iowa State defense, he's highly effective at that. But you're exactly right. Did either of you guys see uh, – Browns play the Titans a couple weeks ago. I did, did. I did not watch the Browns play the Titans. Okay, I'm in Iowa. They don't. Matchup. They don't show Browns Titans in Des Moines. <laughs> I screamed. Uh, they so Mayfield threw three interceptions in the first half. Mm-hmm. So what the Titans did was they played basically quarters coverage with the robbers underneath, which is exactly what you're talking about, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So they were playing quarters, playing man up tight. Uh, you know, matchup zone on the outside and then they were dropping those safeties down in that those linebackers and dropping underneath the dig routes and the things that you would run underneath the quarters coverage they were dropping underneath that disguising who was making the drop and picked him off three times Mm -hmm. in the first half now they adjusted and mayfield went nuts and brought him back in the second half Uh, but i think that that's the formula is you're making them read you get a little bit unpredictable in who's bringing pressure, who's dropping off. Uh, but you're basically covering the same zones and making him read because you're right. They, they take those. Still, it, 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 I like it, but I just couldn't get comfortable. If I was coaching with the wide, the wide splits that they use. Mm-hmm. When I, I think that's, always feel like that's all, that's all ahead. it's a, it, everything on here is an, everything in Mike Leach's offense could be boiled down to something like an algorithm where how much time do I need to throw this ball? Yeah. And in order to get more time, I need to wide. It's like a punt formation. I, I mean, it's not quite that wide, but that's the reason why spread punt works is you've got three yards between you and the next guy. If they don't cover everyone, then you throw to one of them. You can throw to one of the, well, the slot guys. So they have to spread everything out. And so naturally speaking on a punt, because you have these gunners out there, the guys that are wider and they're running down the field and you have the shield guys that are back behind, there's going to be a guy that comes scot-free completely untouched. 
But because of the, the, the algorithm is we have to get the ball off in blank point blank seconds on a punt. It's like 1.7 is we have to get the ball off in one, or 2.2.3 from snap to snap the punts like two and a half seconds. And if we can get the ball off in two and a half seconds, it doesn't matter if you have Usain Bolt on that corner. It ain't going to matter. And so I think with Leach, this the reason why he has those splits is if if they if there's something that's coming in the middle, they're just going to mush it down and just rely on distance then that even if they have an unblocked guy that the tackle just mushes down into the guard, that it's just not going to get there. It does not going to matter because the ball's going to be out in 1.5 seconds anyway. So I think I, 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 I it I would make me nervous as a running back because I like a little bit of congestion, a little congestion to make me feel more comfortable. But everything that they do from passing decisions on where the ball goes to how the split, how wide the splits are to where they line guys up on the field. It's all algorithmic. It's where is the best percentage of success and how minimally do we have to do it? Personally, congestion makes me feel much more uncomfortable. Just got over a cold. I didn't, didn't like being so different, congested. Different congestion. Oh, okay. That's like the so, Affleck so duck. We, sick? We, we no, agreed sick. Yeah, uh, on what to do. Uh, I'd, I'd pop it into that quarters and robber. Uh, and and I, I don't know that I would play harder trying to confuse them. Uh, that has a tendency to confuse a college kid. Uh, we were, our defense could get confused. Uh, I'd, I'd play pretty fundamentally sound, just be, be, uh, be a little bit multiple in who's bringing pressure and who's not. And those wide splits, the reason I brought that up is, man, I, I feel like nobody has the guts to do it. Everybody's going to line up in their technique, but I'd, I'd grab Will McDonald. I'd put him in one of those gaps and say, go block the punt. Go kill yeah, this guy. Run. You can, get, you can get through there. Yeah. And, uh, I'd, I'd try it at least once. You'd probably get killed, but uh, <laughs> but I'd still try it. <laughs> yeah, you get expendable. Toss Will McDonald out there. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll bounce back. He's young. All right, guys. Ross is going to kick us out of his office, so we got to we got to wrap this up. Well, he has. Jay also has to he has go to be also, a family. Yep. Also has to be a family man, which I feel like that's probably. I more mean, important. Nah, uh, football and random things. Family. I mean. Family and random things. Yeah, it works both ways. A new definition to fart. Well, yeah, I had Jay, we'll uh, I'll see you next week in Texas, all right? Jeff, are you going to Texas? I'm not going to Texas. Oh, yeah, you told me that. Nobody paid for me to go to Texas, and I already took a vacation with my family. I can't do two vacations in a month. I ain't made of money. Jay, do you want to pay for Jeff to go to Texas? No. See? Nobody, nobody wants to pay for me to go to Texas. If anyone wants to pay for Jeff to go to Texas, we can start a GoFundMe. Uh, I'll well, pay to keep Jeff away from Texas. I don't even want to see him. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Jay, for uh, for joining us today, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon when we when Jeff will show up on time and we can go, don't go for the me. normal the normal length of time on an episode. Don't judge me. I. Sounds good. Only God can judge me. That's all I know. Just like Tupac. God in the Matrix. Yeah, in the Matrix, Sean Marion. Agent Zero. Agent, no, not Agent Zero. That's Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> but Gilbert Arenas did pull a gun on a teammate, so I know he wouldn't be scared to pull a gun on me. Was context on that. Well, we I, talk, I remember the context. We'll talk about that another time. Four or five years after that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right, thanks for uh, to everybody for listening to today's episode of Football and Random Things. Thanks to Iowa Diamond for putting up with Jeff Woody for 15 straight weeks. Woo! Uh, I don't know if we'll do an episode next week. I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not since I'll be in Texas for most of the week, but we'll be back 
sometime before too incredibly long. Thanks for listening. Peace.